0: College game Day Podcast. Uh, Pete Thamel here, and we are stretching into the NFL today. Our friend, Michigan graduate, Adam Schefter, joins us, uh, ESPN's intrepid NFL insider. He broke the biggest news of the day, maybe the biggest news of the year in the college football space, Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan for the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, signing a five-year deal. Adam, your immediate reaction to the news of Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan in the wake of the national championship?
1: Well, Michigan was offering to make Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach in college football. But the fact of the matter is, no matter what Michigan offered him, it couldn't offer him the chance to win a Super Bowl. There was just nothing that Michigan could do. And he had won a national championship there. He wants to go back to the NFL and win a Super Bowl. And I think once he won the national championship, and even if he hadn't won it, like, He had taken Michigan to the final four, three straight years. He had turned around the program. They had beaten Ohio State. He made Michigan a national power again. He had returned the program to prominence. And because of all that, then it was a case of him wanting the next challenge, the next frontier. And with the money at the NFL level for coaches exploding, and with his bargaining powers being at their peak leverage abilities, this was the time to do it. He, to me, he was going to the NFL. As soon as the team made a compelling offer, the Chargers made that compelling offer. The Falcons might have. He was scheduled to meet with them on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers kept up on Wednesday, get the deal done, five-year contract. Jim Harbaugh, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers.
0: What do you think kept him from getting on the plane, Adam, to go
1: to Atlanta? Well, I think it's a situation of can you basically come up with an agreement that's satisfactory for both sides, whatever mm-hmm. that is financially, with the structure in the organization, with the infrastructure, how it's going to be run. There are so many things that coaches know they need to make a program and organization successful. So I think as Jim was going through his checklist, he got the things, financially Mm -hmm. and otherwise, that he needed, that he felt comfortable with, that made it such that he didn't get on that plane to go to Atlanta.
0: All right. Well, what's next at Michigan,
1: Adam? Uh, What's your sense moving forward here? Well... I think we got a glimpse of the future when we saw Jerome Moore. He stepped in. They went unbeaten under him. He has a lot of the qualities I think that school would be interested in. Uh, I think they'll look at some other people, but I think he goes into this as the undisputed favorite to get the job. And I think it'd be a major upset if he didn't get it in the end, Pete.
0: Yeah. And I think from what I've heard quickly tonight, since this news broke maybe an hour ago, we're here at 7.30 Eastern time. Adam is kind enough to pick up his head from his phone to join us on the Game Day podcast, that there is not an immediate sense of let's go launch a formal search, right? Like there's a sense of, okay, there may be a call cast or two, but Sharon Moore's the is is the favorite, and if it's going to be Sharon Moore, I think it happens fairly quickly uh, with the dynamics of the portal and with Michigan wanting to protect its roster, having seen what's happened at Alabama, at Washington, not as much at Arizona to some extent. I think they do, move, uh, they do move fairly quickly. My understanding, Adam, is that Jesse Minter likely goes with Jim Harbaugh, the defensive coordinator who did a wonderful job in his two seasons there, and likely Jay Harbaugh, his son, who's a very accomplished special teams coach, He likely goes as well. Is is that your early feel for the staff, Adam?
1: I don't think you said anything that I would disagree with to my knowledge right now. Now, these things are always fluid. They can change. Yeah. but But I agree with that. I think Sharon is the favorite. I think Jesse Minter winds up going with Jim. I think Jay Harbaugh winds up going with Jim. And we'll see if anything changes that in the future moving forward here now.
0: Yeah. What do you think Jim Harbaugh's legacy at, at Michigan is? He's obviously such a compelling character in the school's history, Adam. Uh, you know, dynamic quarterback, an all-time great player. Um, comes in, it, it, it's not linear, right? Takes him a few years to get there, has the COVID year in 20, and then obviously just goes on a three-year rip uh, here. What? Do you, how do you think
1: his time at Michigan is remembered? Well, you and I probably would have differing answers there, Pete, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that Jim Harbaugh goes down as – a legendary figure Mm. in the school's football program. Bo Schembeckler, I don't believe got them a national championship. He did not. That's correct. Jim Harbaugh did. So Jim Harbaugh outdid his predecessor in terms of winning national championships. And again, restored prominence to that school. And, returned it to the way it was under a mm-hmm. bow where it was a superpower in college football sure. and you know I remember when Jim took over there were some of my friends like ah oh, he's like time to get rid of him you know time to move on from horrible like there were people that thought that four or five years ago yeah. there were people that got impatient with him and and I could say I I always felt like he was the right guy and he could be there as long as he wanted to be there and he did exactly what he was born to do and set out to do and that's make michigan the type of program that all the people who went there like myself are obviously uh proud to be a part of that university and follow that school and they've provided some tremendous moments like you you want your school to give you moments that you'll always remember and i can tell you i can count a number of those moments that jim harbaugh Mm -hmm. has given my friends my family myself in recent years many of them my son went to school there. He was there in the stands when Jim Harbaugh led his Michigan football team to a win over Ohio State, and my son sat in the stands with his buddies in disbelief that Michigan finally beat Ohio State in the snow when the big house was a snow globe and everybody was watching it. And I remember how excited I was that day. And I think back, you know, to going to school there and graduating in '89. And if I could think of all my singular memories that mm-hmm. that school has created for me that day, which Jim Harbaugh helped author would be mm-hmm. in the top five most memorable days of Michigan sports moments, and there have been plenty in the uh, 50 years that I've been associated with the university.
0: Yeah. No, it was very cool to see you on the sideline with your family before the, uh, the before the title game. Didn't see you during the game, but imagine it was uh, imagine it was enjoyed and embraced. I do think we have to give Lloyd Carr a little love, right? He, uh, he had a nice run between Bo and Jim, won a national championship, split Michigan's last title, which I think would have been right in the uh was like late 90s right yeah 97 97 that's right that's because I was in school then um in when they uh when they when they did win um yeah it, it is interesting to reflect back a little bit to 2020 Michigan goes two and four uh Rutgers takes them to overtime they almost lose that game they lose to Michael Penix in Indiana um and yep. there was some there was some consternation. I think that's probably when you heard most of that chirping from your friends, right? Like that was when
1: I, I you, know, you know, I don't remember, but I remember defending Jim. And I'm not just sure. saying that now. I remember yeah. defending him to my friends. Yeah. I remember defending him on sports talk radio. We do enough radio shows, you sure. and I yeah. that you're on, and people would be like, "Oh, you went to Michigan you you yeah. think it's time to make a change?" And I and if somebody can find an interview where I said it was, that yeah. would be news to me because every yeah. time I was asked that question, and yeah. it was a couple of dozen. I always said that Jim was the right guy for that mm-hmm. school. I always believed that. I always believed that, and I still do.
0: How do you think Sharon Moore does, Adam? I don't know if you've been able to be around him a lot. I've got to know Shrone fairly well. I know
1: Shrone. Well. Yeah, I know, I know last
0: Last few years. Um, obviously, you know, acquitted himself very well in the four auditions he had this year. Uh, what, and, and brought them, I think, a pretty distinct identity, get, getting the offensive line, the Joe Moore Award, not last season, but the two prior. Um, what, what do you think? How do you think he takes the identity that Jim forged and, and puts
1: his own twist on it. Well, I thought I think we saw him do that, you know, in the four games that he coached. It was four games or three? I thought it was three. It was four? So
0: it was three at the end in the in the Big Ten suspension, and then he had one of the first three. Four altogether. He had, yeah, because I think he was suspended for one of the first ones, and then he had, I believe, the third game to start the season, and then he had the three-game Big Ten suspension to to end the year. Um, which included Penn State, obviously. I think that was probably his signature moment when they ran the ball
1: thirty-two well, I, I would straight say this.
0: times, or whatever. Well, I mean, it, I, would it was a lot, you know? I would say
1: this. I would say this. Is there a coach in Michigan football history that has a higher winning percentage than Jerome Moore? No, <laughs>
0: I don't think so. No. Fielding Yost has nothing on him. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> it's fairly. Uh, it,
0: it's pretty interesting, and I do think. If he's the choice, which I think we both are, are are fairly convicted that he is, I think we see a pretty quick move because of some of the dynamics of the portal, Adam. You have Will Johnson, Colston, Loveland, Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham. I think all four of them are, if not first-round picks, top 40 to 50 picks next year. I think they have a really, really—they lose a lot of starters and a lot of talent. I shouldn't diminish that. I think it's 17. But I think that core of guys— are are as talented as a top 4 or 5 as you're going to find on any roster in the uh in the country and I I think seeing what happened post shaban at Alabama when you see Caleb Downs out the door Isaiah Bond out the door Julian Say and leave um I think that that is a little bit of a signal flare to Michigan that you know let's let's be prudent here but let's not let's not drag our feet um and and, and let's keep this momentum going and there's a difference leave, you know, a program coming off a national title and taking that momentum as opposed to the way some of the others ended. But um uh, I, I think... And by the
1: way, you, you mentioned 17. And I remember at the start of the year, Pete, uh, people around the program were talking to me about the football team and how good it would be. And they said to me that last year, I don't remember how many Georgia had drafted when they won the national championship, but they said that Michigan would beat that record, that they would have 18 players drafted this upcoming draft in the 2024 draft. So are there 17 guys who are eligible for the draft? I, I, you know, again, I'm uh, you're wearing your turf here, but sure. they told me that they thought they would have 18 players drafted. Can Did, you address yeah, that? I don't think it ends up that
0: high, and a little bit because like Donovan Edwards comes back at
1: him, right? Ah, so yep. he's a
0: guy who, like, what is one of those swing guys? They probably count. I think going into the year, especially after the way he played against Ohio State last season, NFL evaluators saw the diamondism and said, "Hey, you know, this is uh this is a guy who." you know, could, could end up going out and he could have got drafted. I give him a lot of credit. He might not be a top 50 guy next year, but he's a top hundred guy next year for sure. I mean, he's yeah, a, he, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he's a, got, he's got some burst, had a nice, nice finishing kick there obviously in the, in the title game. Great um, kick, yeah. yeah. I'm still not sure why they didn't give him the ball a little bit more there in the first half. Cause he was pretty, pretty effective with the average at 60 yards, a uh, average in 60 yards, a, a, a carry going uh, going forward there. For our NFL audience, obviously, it's the Game Day Podcast. So we're more college-centric. Uh, how do you see the pairing of Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert?
1: Well, I think that that's a quarterback that Jim feels very strongly about, really likes and admires, and that would be one of the drawing cards of the Chargers organization, that Justin Herbert is this great quarterback. And, and Jim really has, as you know, turned around every place he's been. He's gotten the best out of his quarterbacks, um, and, and I think that they're banking on him doing the same with the Chargers in L.A. this year, him taking over with Justin Herbert and and maximizing his potential division that has Patrick Mahomes, uh, Sean Payton, uh, and the quarterback that the Broncos wind up with. So uh, there's some questions, but the AFC is loaded and Jim Harbaugh stepping right into the thick of it. Uh, but the Chargers are confident that he will be the guy to turn around that team. They know him well. He was a quarterback there, uh, played played the Chargers, uh, played for the Chargers as a quarterback, and now he's going to coach the Chargers as a head coach.
0: Yeah, my favorite Jim Harbaugh, the NFL stat, is that he will have opening day next season the highest winning percentage of any active NFL coach. I think it's a hair below 70 percent. He obviously had a great four year run um, in San Francisco.
1: Well, I would say this, that if the Ravens happen to win the Super Bowl, we have a built in opening night game between the Ravens and the Chargers and the Harbaugh brothers and opening night.
0: Yeah, NFL likes storylines like that. Let Joni Crean should book a book a week in the summer for interviews for uh, you know, to get ready for the the, the <laughs> brother storylines again, like she had there. Let's leave you with this, Adam. One last uh bonus Michigan NFL question. JJ McCarthy obviously goes declares for the draft. Um, he's a guy that I would say in August, when I talked to scouts, they liked, but they didn't they thought he could play his way into that sort of we called it then the number three, but I think Jaden Daniels probably surpassed him with his Heisman winning season. Where, where do you think JJ McCarthy's range is right now in the draft when you when you peek ahead uh going forward in the wake of the leading Michigan on this undefeated season?
1: Uh you know, first of all, I think it would have helped him if Jim took the Atlanta job. Uh I think <laughs> that would have been a natural match made. And I think Jim would have mm-hmm. taken him wherever the Falcons are picking. Up. I I really believe that. I think they're at eight um, Uh, I mean, that might be a little high, but I I still view, I still view JJ as a, uh, potential first round pick that that's, that's how I view him. Um, and we'll see where he goes in the draft, but obviously the chargers won't be taking him as much as Jim Harbaugh loves and respects JJ McCarthy. Uh, the charges, I believe, are out unless Jim wants to make another big story, go draft J.J. McCarthy and auction off Justin Herbert to the highest bidder, which would be quite a story there as well. But with all the guaranteed money that they gave him, I don't think that's possible. So we could we could uh, we could diffuse that storyline right here right now, mm-hmm. Pete.
0: Is this a statement for the Chargers as a franchise it sort of it's following this story? I learned a, a good bit about the Spanos family and how it's, how it's gone. They, they have not chosen star power on the sideline in their last three choices. They've been fine coaches, but they haven't been, you know, they haven't been like, Hey, we're in Hollywood. We're going to, we're going to draw some eyeballs. Is this a bit of a statement higher for them as a franchise? I,
1: I think so. I think, look, you, you know, you want to be relevant in that market. You want to be, you want to have a star. Jim's a coaching star. Jim brings relevancy. Um, So all those factors make it such that essentially I think that it's a natural match. All
0: right. Adam Schefter, ESPN star, kind enough to join us on the game day podcast. Uh, Adam breaking the biggest news in the sport, uh, our sport and his sport today, Uh, Jim Harbaugh to the chargers an era ends at Michigan and another soon begins. Thanks for listening to the college game day podcast.